Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Somebody shout amen. Are we ready this morning? Are we ready this morning? In the precious name of Jesus, your expectations shall not be disappointed. In Jesus' mighty name. Spirit of the living God, we thank you this morning for this opportunity again. We have come to feed at your feet. Holy Spirit, feed us from your word. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask for the sent word. Because one word from you can change anyone's life. Let that life-changing word comes forth this morning. In the name of Jesus. Let today's encounter be an unforgettable one in our lifetime. Let it bring testimonies that will cause your name to be glorified. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Again, I want to appreciate Pastor Marion, Pastor Stephanie for this, this opportunity and this privilege. We are not taking it for granted. It takes strength. It takes trust. It takes everything to yield your pupil to somebody. So it is not a right, and we appreciate it. We thank you for the great work that you are doing in this neck of the wood. Can we put our hands together for the Lord for them? <laughs> Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The very first time we spoke on the phone, he mentioned it yesterday, we connected. After that phone call, I said, I will come. And I came. And I'm still coming. And I will continue to come in the mighty name of Jesus. So thank you for the great work that you are doing, Pastor Stephanie. I will keep announcing your voice until the whole world hears it. I won't let you retire from singing. <laughs> Glory be. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. I want to thank God for all the pastors. Great work, great time we are having him here. Uh, Pastor Toye from Houston. Pastor Toye is somebody close, close, close to my heart. Uh, when he arrived on, a, on Thursday, he arrived late and... Uh, I was on the phone with California, and I said, I'm just going to go for 10 minutes. They said, which way is the pastor here? They said, 10 minutes? They said, okay, I will tell you if it is 10 minutes. Anyway, I've gone for two hours. <laughs> so thank you, sir, for the everything. The Lord bless you richly. Uh, Dr. Coy and Dr. D, the Lord bless you very much. I appreciate you. The love and the energy that you have brought into our lives and ministry. We had a great time with them in uh, June at Bethel. We look forward to more and more of that in Jesus' name. Prophet Howen and uh, the wife from uh, North Carolina, the Lord bless you richly. Good to see you. It's good when we fellowship and gather together like this. Iron sharpened high on. We are also going home with strength uh, and courage. So let's put our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's take our seat and all the ministers, all the pastors, all the leaders at Bethel Harvest Church, great work. The Lord bless you richly. Thank you for making us very, very, very comfortable. And thank you for having this beautiful city, Lexington. We're going to go home with it. Hallelujah. This morning, I am going to be ministering on the message that I believe will be the foundation to everything that we receive this weekend. The, true, the Two Streams Conference is an annual appointment with the Lord. It is not the appointment that you book. It's the one that God booked. So he only invited you to come. And if he asks you to come, it's because he has something ready for you. I know that I know that everything in your life will turn around this weekend in Jesus' mighty name. They will turn around for good. One good reference from scripture of an annual appointment, many of them, but I'm going to be zeroing because it's going to define the theme of this morning's message. 
is the story of Hannah, Helkanah, and Penina. The Bible tells us that this woman was without child. And it's one thing for you not to have a child or to be lacking in anything. It's another thing entirely for you to have an enemy around you that shows you how bad your situation is. The Bible tells us this other woman will provoke her soul, made her mad, shows her all the time that you are childless. And year by year, the Bible says they will go and keep an appointment with the Lord as we are doing here at this two-stream conference. But this particular year, something changed. Before the change, she had stopped hearing. There are some things you go through in life that's taking away your appetite, takes away your energy. You don't feel like doing You don't even feel like getting off your bed. I believe Hannah was at this state. She would not eat and uh, refused to be consoled by the husband. But something different happened. After the whole thing, she stayed back. She stayed back. She began to pray. She began to press. She, she began to do something unusual. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 1, if you read from verse 1 to the end, to the point that the man of God mistook a prayer for drunkenness. And the prophet said, why are you talking to yourself? You are drunk again. She said, no, out of the sorrow of my heart, I am pouring out unto the Lord. And God's servant, the prophet says, let it be unto you according to your petition. May the Lord of heaven grant your petition, your request that you have made unto him. And the Bible says something that is going to define the message of this morning. And I believe will define your encounter and your experience in the Lord this weekend. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, and I am going to now read from verse 17. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grants your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. The Bible says, so the woman went her way and hate, and her face or countenance was no longer sad. The man of God prophesied. She received it. She had stopped eating. She's lost appetite. All of a sudden, she ate. And the Bible says, her countenance was no longer sad. And I knew something took place there. Faith was born in her. If somebody that had not been eating all of a sudden now had appetite to eat, she didn't walk away from that place with a physical child. She walked away with faith. And that faith changed her countenance. That faith changed her mood. That faith, she, I believe she walked away with a spiritual child that day. Glory to God's name. Because let's say you force her to eat. You can't force somebody to be happy. That means her countenance was no longer sad. So faith rose in her. This morning I'm going to be ministering on the force of faith. As a catalyst to everything that we will receive in the Lord. What, the question is that what is faith? Faith is the expression of our confidence in God's word. Faith is not something that we believe that within ourselves. Faith is acting on what we believe. Is somebody following me this morning? The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to receive from the Lord. Everything we will be and we will become in God is all about faith. What is faith? Faith is our confidence expressed in God's word. I'm going to take a time to separate between belief and faith. Because some of the challenges we have had as Christians, what we have is belief. And that is why it's not working. 
Faith and belief are never the same thing. If you believe in the Lord, you know this God can do all things, but he's not doing all things for you. You have not stepped to the point of faith. You are carrying belief all over the places. Belief won't move him. Only faith moves him. So you begin by believing. So how, what is belief? Belief is your revelation that I can do all things. That you know that I can do all things doesn't commit him. Is only committed when it is faith. Now, what is the difference between faith and belief? Belief is at the level of revelation. You know what it can do. For example, I know Pastor Marion is a good man. You don't need to tell me that. That's my belief about him because of my relationship, because I've got to know him. Is somebody hearing me? But all this within me has nothing to do with him until I express it. Now, when it comes to faith and belief in the Lord, I say faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. Now, when you hear God's word, it forms your belief. Now, faith is when it begins to drive your life. Faith is when you live by what you believe, not by what you see. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith, not by what we believe. Now, when you put your belief into action, faith is born. It's only faith that moves the Lord. Faith moves the Lord. Now, Anna went away and hate, and her countenance was no longer sad, yet without a physical baby. Is somebody hearing me? So something changed within herself. The same woman that had refused to eat, all of a sudden now, that was always sad, all of a sudden that became happy. Why? Because faith rose inside of her. The force of faith. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by what the word of God says that we believe. Not by what we see and what we feel. Feelings are not reliable. Feelings are not dependable. Feelings will run you aground. No one's feeling is reliable. Never depend on how you feel. You find out most of the time, most of, some of the things you do by feelings, you find out you have made a mistake. The force of faith. Let me share one story with you. Part of what I shared yesterday, in the year 2000, fresh in America, I had this regional senior pastor in the ministry that we were pioneering then. They came with some applications, some forms, being new in the country, they said, oh, education is expensive in America. So by the time your kids are ready for college, you need to save college savings, which is okay. So they brought these forms, and then the children were two. The oldest then was four, I think. Now, the second was two. Now, they will be going to college when they are 18. So, this form now, they asked me to be saving $50 every month. By the time they are 18, we'll be good enough. We have some savings there for them to help through college. That's what they told me. And this was the time when three weeks salary pays the rent. You remember? So, I look at the form, the forms, the applications. I told the woman, my wife was there. The woman's husband was there. I said, by the time my children are of college age, I will not be poor. These savings will not be needed. Take your form. For we walk by faith. I didn't see me needing a $9,000 savings over a period of 15 years. Because the maths in me rose. $50 a month times 9 years times 15 years came to 9000 So if I would be needing 9000 in the next 15 years, I must have been very, very poor. I said, I appreciate this, but I won't need it. 
by the time this girl and this girl, when they are 18, I won't need a savings to send them to school. And to God be all the glory, all my kids who went to high-end schools, schooled out of state, out of state tuition. We never qualify for financial aid. No loan, no nothing. Everything paid cash. So faith is more than what you believe. Faith is the action that you put in what you believe. Is somebody following me this morning? Some of us are waiting for God to move in our lives. God is waiting for you to step out in faith. God's sides of the covenant is secured. Is waiting for me and you to play our side by faith. You wait for God, you wait forever. Now, this is the truth. Those people, that, that, that woman was upset. He thought I was proud. He thought he was trying to help me. But I would rather let you be upset and feel the way you feel than for me to sign up for poverty. I said, I will not be poor. I will not need the $9,000 savings. In the next 15 years, to me, is signing up for poverty. So faith is a mindset. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So faith is acting, living by what you know in the Lord. Somebody that believes God can, will supply all his according to riches and glory will not complain, will not be frustrated today because of what you don't have. Faith always acts by what you believe. Let me share one experience with you. Year 2001, around that period, I will always have this agitation in my heart, palpitation in my heart, and it uh, was challenging. In and out, I'll feel it. They'll say, go to the hospital, I'll go. This particular time, I was at the hospital, and uh, emergency. And I got there, they plug all these blue tapes all over my body, and, uh, and, I, and I stayed there. I know they're colored tapes. So, and uh, I stayed there. Then all of a sudden, and we had started a monthly program at that church at that time in the area. Breakthrough night. It dawned on me that one of these nurses might have seen me preaching breakthrough every month. Now you now see me with all these blue tapes in my body in the hospital. Then I became agitated. Now, I told myself, I need to leave this place. So I called them, I said, I'm going. They said, no, we are, we are monitoring your heart with all these things. I said, I need to go now. The nurse the said, no, you can't go. The doctor is going to come back. This is timed. Then after that, thing, there is a treadmill. They said, I will run on the treadmill after the, the tape thing. The nurse, I said, okay, I heard. The nurse stepped out of the room. By the time she came back, I removed all the tapes. I put on my clothes. So when she saw me, she said, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. She ran out. By the time she was coming, I was at the door. Then she came in with the doctor. I said, I need to go. No, you cannot go. I said, I need to go. I came by myself. <laughs> so they brought some kinds of paper for me to sign. They said, you have to sign. I said, bring it. I didn't read it. I signed. Are you satisfied? <laughs> That was the hand of the infirmity. Faith is acting. Now, you all know that God can heal you. But he won't heal until you stop acting sickly. James chapter 2 and verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but not, does not have works? Can faith save him? Without works, faith won't work. Yeah. 
And in verse 17, he says, Thus, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Belief is dead faith without works. I don't care what you believe. You know God can do all things. You know God can heal. He can raise the dead. Until you put it into action, it's dead faith. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe. And tremble. But do you, not, do you know what? Oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham, our father justified by works, when he offered his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? By works, faith was made perfect. Without works, there is no faith. Let me say, Abraham was justified by works. God looked at him, the son that he waited forever to have. God said, that son, you need to offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham traveled three days to look for the mountain that the Lord had directed. Tied the boy's hand, put a knife on the neck. Bible call it works. Some of us are not experiencing financial breakthrough because we are waiting for when we are blessed before we give. No, you give your way out of poverty. You give from what you have because there is always something for you to give to get to where you are going in life. Faith without works is dead. Now, an annual garden like this stands for many things. It's an altar of thanksgiving. Lord, this is what I've done in my life for the last one year. I'm grateful. It's an altar of sacrifice. Because at Shiloh in 1 Samuel, what they did, they will offer sacrifice unto the Lord. That's why one of the things to do here every year, you prepare, this is not your tithe, this is not your offering, you come with a tangible sacrifice unto the Lord. Lord, this is my annual sacrifice. And in case you have not prepared, I want to begin to prepare this today, tomorrow, they're going to ask for it tomorrow. It is an altar of sacrifice, special sacrifice, something bigger than you. But it takes faith. Without faith, you are waiting for God to bless you before you begin to give generously. No, God is waiting for you. He's waiting for your faith. God only commits himself to those that trust him. Without action of faith, there is no way for God to believe you trust him. God doesn't trust man that much. He knows if he blesses you, you can change your mind and take the money out of the kingdom. So he's waiting to be sure you can be trusted. God does not have blessing, blessing, problem blessing people. He has problem trusting people. Abraham offered the boy as a sacrifice. Then the Lord said, no, 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 that's enough, that's enough. I'll make it, don't kill this boy. You, you won't have to do that. But let me share one testimony with you. In the year 2021, just two years ago, we were savings, saving some money to buy a house in Africa. Is somebody following me? And I, we're going to buy cash down. And when I converted the money to the U.S. dollars, the money would be about $600,000. And I was saving for it. Towards the end of 2020, the Lord had laid in my heart for us to buy a church building in Oakland. And we needed 900000 for down payment with the bank to buy this building in the church. 
and California was in lockdown. We were in lockdown till June 2021. That's when we were hoping 50%. Now, I'm talking about late 2020 into early 2021, we're complete lockdown. It's insane to tell people we want to buy a building. So we never told anybody. Yet, we started this project. Then the Lord laid in my heart, you want to buy this building for church. Now, but you have money somewhere you are saving. Now, I could have tapped into that money and give $20,000, my building or offering. But Lord laid in my heart, you have this money somewhere. It's insane. It's nonsense for me to keep this money somewhere and be planning my own house when I need God's house. The Lord laid in my heart, so I called the treasurer, the theme involved. I said, well, we need 900000 I have this amount of money. And as at that time, I had 550000 U.S. dollars. So somehow, it became 600000 I gave it, transferred into the church account as my building seed. End of January, January ending 2021, was a breakthrough night. We had the end of the month prayer. We got home, slept around 2 a.m. Around 4 a.m., I felt a tap in my body. I had the Holy Ghost said, now that you have done my own first, I will show you I will do the two. Oh, really? That sounds good. Saturday morning, Sunday night, I slept. The Holy Spirit reminded me of one house that somebody sent to me in December because I, they knew I was looking for this house. So, and I said I was interested because at this time I was already deciding against it. So I never looked at the house. I didn't do nothing. Then I went through my test trail. The house was still there. I look at it. This is nice. 3 a.m., I called them. It was daytime in Nigeria. I said, is this house still available? But they said, yeah, well, it's available. But the owner went to New York and he got stuck in New York. He just came back. But shortly said three people, it's too late for you to show interest. I said, I have interest. He said, no, you can't show interest again. It's too late. They shortly said three people out of many. I said, tell him your uncle, who is the pastor in America, who wants the house. Just say it. By Monday afternoon, he came back to me. He said, oh, I called him. The guy said, well, if you can pay by Friday, I will sell it to your uncle. That's me. Oh, really? Okay. Now, there was no money. I got home that Monday evening, opened the mail, got two checks, one for 100000 one for 12000 a seed somebody sent to me. So 100000 I said, this is interesting. This is getting interesting now. We got into negotiation with this man about this house. We in escrow with church. Guess what happened? We closed on the two one week apart. Anytime that the Lord makes a demand on you, he asks more than what he's asking for from you to give back to you. The test we need to pass is the test of letting go. Now that is, what is all, that, is, that is what faith is all about. The Bible says, you see that our faith was working together with works and by works, faith was made. Your faith is only justified by your action. You can believe anything. It won't change nothing till Jesus Christ comes. The only thing that moves him is the one you hacked upon. Is the one you hacked upon. Is the one you are hacked upon. Don't take, don't allow people's report to neutralize your faith. It's not everybody that lives around you that live in faith. So not go, I mean, the people that told me, they are nice people, they are pastors. That told me I should be saving $50 a month for 15 years. They are pastors, they are nice people, but it just compromises my own faith. 
I told myself, if I would need this $50 a month in 15 years' time, I must be very poor then. But that's not what I saw in God's word. That's not what I saw in God's word. So faith is living by what you see from the word of the Lord. It's a life that we live. So faith is not what you believe. It's faith is acting on what you believe. Faith is dead without works. Faith is dead without action. Small, big, medium size, without works, there is no faith. You can be religious, you can love the Lord. You can be punctual, make all the church attendance, regular in churches, do everything, be a worker in the church. You carry the pastors back. You do everything for the pastors. All those don't equal faith. And it's by faith that you will receive. Some of the things you had yesterday, you demonstrated. Pastor Toye said, you do like this, devil is too late. That looks foolish, but that is faith. Faith is not seeing yourself based on your circumstances. Faith is looking at what the word of God says about you and believe it over what you feel and over how you are. It is from God's word that I know I can't be poor. It's not as not to do with it. Now, I, I, I took this step against this $50 savings when three weeks salary will pay the rent. When we will struggle to buy milk for the babies. When there was no money for diapers. There wasn't plenty. It wasn't enough. But that's not what I saw from God's word. Glory be to God's name. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept under God by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Christianity is the same thing as faith. So without faith, we don't have a lifeline. Faith is the anchor of our Christian life. He said before faith came. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, and that's salvation, after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So we are supposed to deploy and release our faith to live in full the Christian life. Without faith, we will only live a religious life. Everybody will know you are a Christian. You go to church, you are a church person, church woman, church man, but your life will be devoid of testimonies. The Bible says we should look religious, we should live by faith. We say what we believe, we say big things. Based on what we see from God's word. Hallelujah. So the life of a Christian is ordained to be lived on faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The enemy of faith is your mental ascent. Because it doesn't make sense. You want it to make sense? Faith will never make sense. And that is what we have to overcome. Some of us, there is a struggle in our senses when it comes to living by faith. So you have to subdue and overcome your senses. Here from the beginning, it will never make sense. It didn't make sense for me to turn over the money I want to buy for a house 
and turn it over completely and see open house will come somewhere, not many years. It may never even come again, naturally speaking. But it makes faith. It made sense to begin to save $50 a month for 15 years because I need to pay tuition 15 years' time. That is sense, but it is not faith. No, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Now, you need to hear God's word, to know what the word of God, to be able to sustain your action based on faith. Otherwise, your senses, everything will collapse for lack of revelation. So, mental ascent, we need to overcome. He said, for the message of faith, he says, cross, is foolishness to those who are perishing. That's unbeliever. Some people think you are not smart by being here this morning. They think you don't have a life by going to church all your life. They call it foolishness. Don't you have friends and family like that? That says you go to church too much. <laughs> but to, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now, God makes faith works. To destroy the wisdom of the world. Because you can't doubt the power of faith when it works. For example, it takes faith to be a faithful giver in the church. I don't care what people say about not being faithful. It's a matter of faith. Everybody wants to prosper. Is that not it? Have you seen somebody that said, I don't want to prosper before? So, you are not faithful in tithing and in giving because you don't have enough faith to believe God to bring it back to you. Faithfulness in tithing, faithfulness in covenant giving is all a function of faith. You will never see a faithful tither that will tell you they have regretted it. When you see people talk about tithing, about all these things, find out they are the ones that are not faithful or don't even do it at all. Of course, how do you get results from what you don't do? Consistency is the secret of power. You don't tithe two, three weeks, months in a year and leave it and expect a result from it. Tithing is God's comprehensive insurance against the devourer. Do you know how do you know what a devourer is? Every check you write, every expense you make that you are upset with yourself for making is an indication of the devourer. So it's not about how much, it is how you feel after writing it. You could write a check for ten thousand and be excited that you have written it. You could write a check for two fifty for ticket for speeding and be upset all day. Now, this is the truth. We are all tithing. But it's smart to tithe in God. Because whether you like it or not, the devil is going to take it somehow. And if you allow the devil to take your tithe, it's gone forever. If you allow God to take your tithe, open heavens will be over your life. Then he said, I will pour you out a blessing. You will not have enough room to take it. In other words, open heavens means unexpected income. Channels of blessing that you don't know, you didn't even work for it. Open heavens means a release of what belongs to you that the Lord is just making it to work for your favor. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Just this September, Pastor Steph and I will share the same birthday. Just this September, somebody sent an amount of money to my account. Till today, I don't know. Now, I looked through my statement. The name wasn't there. I went, I called the bank. Can you help me do a paper trail? They said they don't know. All he say is birthday seed. And I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars. Last night, I was still stressing about it. I hope this person will say I'm, I'm ungrateful. But I don't know who you are. 
open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens. It is natural, natural wisdom is foolishness to the wisdom of the gospel. So without faith, you cannot experience the power of God. Without faith, you cannot. You cannot. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23 says, Jesus said unto them, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believe. If you can believe. If you can believe. So when you believe the Lord can do it, you convert that to actions. You live by it. You believe God for healing, never hack sickly. You believe God for healing. Everything the devil thinks you can do, begin to do it. Begin to force yourself, make yourself do it. If you have a troubling news and all you have to do is to sit down, force yourself, even if you are in pain, begin to walk around. Because there must be a force to drive faith. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Faith is living in Christ the way he ordained us for us to live. You know, one of the things that shook me, revelation that shook me in scripture is the revelation of Paul. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I will live. But Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. Now, who is Paul? Paul was not one of the original 12 disciples. But yet, Paul lived the life of Christ above all the apostles. Paul suffered the most calamity in the course of preaching the gospel. Paul was exposed to the most peril in the course of preaching the gospel. And Paul now said, he said, you know what? I will determine when I will die. I can go right now, but it's to your advantage if I stay. I don't know whether to die or whether to continue to live. A python beat Paul. He didn't die. He was stoned. He didn't die. When When they stoned him, they left him for dead. After they left, he rose, he left too. Why? Because his spirit is alive. Don't you know that nothing can happen to you? You know, you know I was reading, I was meditating about Paul's stories. I believe the moment they started stoning Stephen, by the time he got the first stone onto your hand, I commit my soul. Then he died. But Paul said, no, this man didn't die. <laughs> faith. Faith. By faith, you receive. So at the two-stream conference this year, what are you telling yourself? It is not the same thing that started yesterday that will finish tomorrow. Everything will change in my life. The sickness, the problems are all going away. The blessings are coming. You see it, you believe it, you live it, you say it, you declare it, let the devil hear it. Then it becomes a lifestyle like Hannah that you begin to live as you walk out of here Sunday night. You are not looking troubled, disturbed, confused like you started on Friday. It's all about faith. Faith is all it takes. Without faith, we cannot move the law. Without faith, we cannot do nothing with him. And let me try to bring this to a close by showing you one or two things. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 11, now it happened as he went, Jesus, to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. 
And they lift up, lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Let me explain what happened in there to you. He said, go show yourself to the priest. In the old customs, their customs, a leper or lepers were not allowed in town. They live outside of town. They're never allowed to live because it's a highly infectious disease. So, the only time a leper will be allowed in town is if he comes with a certificate of cleansing that will be issued by the priest. So, if by an act of a miracle, you find out your leprosy was gone, it's not enough to come to the town. You have to go to the priest. The priest will inspect and realize that this is true. You have been cleansed. Then you have a certificate of cleansing. Then you can now come to town. Now, this is Jesus now. He didn't pray. He didn't do nothing. He didn't perform any miracle. They came as lepers. He said, go show yourself to the priest. None of them ask, sir, we can't go to the priest until we have been cleansed. They didn't ask. Let me say, as they went. So they just followed the voice of the master. As they went, as they went, as they went, they began to go. They, be, they didn't question Jesus. They didn't ask him for the certificate. They didn't ask him for their cleansing. They didn't say, Jesus, pray for us. Let me say, as they went, they began to go. And as they went, they noticed they were cleansed. God is waiting for you to take the first step. He's waiting for you to go. He's waiting for you to act on all the promises he has told you. Is anybody in here this morning? You have some instruction from the Lord of the things that the Lord will have you do. But you are sitting back and waiting for God to do something. God is not going to do anything until you do something. As they went, as they went, they noticed suddenly they were cleansed. No question was asked. The wedding at the canal of Galilee. He said, fill these water pots with waters. No question asked. They pour water in it. Then he said, draw it. No question asked. They drew it. They put water. They drew wine. Faith is behaving foolishly based on revelation and instruction of scripture. Rise to your feet. If you are not ready to be foolish in God, you are not about to experience the exploit of faith. Are you following me this morning? So you can hear all the word, all the impartations this weekend. But the next step is the step of faith. You begin to take step of faith. You begin to act on faith. If you hear all you are going to hear this weekend and you are still acting, behaving the same way, nothing is going to happen. You won't come back with a testimony next year. But that's not God's plan. God's purpose is for you to be transformed. And next year, this time next year, everything is changed. I can go on, on, and on, and on. And see, I will be foolish everywhere if God says so. Step of faith. When I got into our first building project, 2008, we had $30,000 savings. That's how much we had. 2008 February. 2008 February. Let me tell you what happened. I was in Southern California in the conference. As I got to the room, midday, in between the morning and evening, afternoon sessions, I got to that place. The Holy Spirit spoke to me from Micah chapter 10 and verse 2. Arise and depart. This is not your place of rest. I said, This is not your place of rest. Am I in the wrong place? Am I supposed to be here? The Holy said, It's time to buy a building. We had $30,000 savings, everything, church. February 2000 
and hate. I got to church. I said, the Holy Ghost said to me, it's time for us to buy a building. And our ministry was new. Two years or something. Two years. And I knew 30,000 could not buy any building. So God, what are we going to do? He said, okay, building. I also knew that if it is not an harvest, it's a seed. I broke the 30,000 into three. A chunk of it I sent to where we tied. The other two, April 2008, I gave an anonymous seed. They just bought their building. Because there is something that we desire that they have. Bible say every seed brings back after its own kind. Right? The other two, I split it, took one to Houston, took one somewhere. And we left it. 2008. February to April. Guess what happened? October 31st, 2008, we had bought a building for a million dollars. building we bought, they asked us to bring a deposit. I told the treasurer, give them 150000 They only asked for 30000 Because by that time, there was 150000 in the account. We took over the building before we closed escrow. People of God, faith is all about action. the Lord. Yes, come on. I like it. Glory be to God's name. Lift up those hands. I said, Lord, I receive impartation of faith this morning to take me to the next level. Grace and impartation of faith that will change my story in all areas of my desire. Impossible is nothing when we have faith. Lord, transform my belief to faith this morning. Lift up your voices and begin to ask Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to ask Jesus. Lord, I receive grace of impartation of faith. Jesus, my name. Let me tell you this morning. With faith, all things are possible to them that believe. Without faith, there is no way for God to know that you believe. So you have to act first. You have to take the step first. If you have a car that isn't running well and God said give that car as a gift, it is not the devil speaking to you, it is God. The devil will never tell you to give. I'm telling you, but we have to overcome our senses. In 2007, we had two cars. One was two-year-old, one was five-year-old. The two-year-old was a minivan. I came out of service 2007. I saw this lady with three babies. The car broke down. Very old car. She carried a, a, a bucket of water, wanted to put in the engine to cool down. I saw her. I said, what is going on here? She, she started laughing. She said, this car, 
After 30 minutes of driving, this car is going to stop and all this stuff. The Holy Ghost said to me, give her your car. Give her your car. I gave the van that is two years old that we had, I gave it to her. I, said, I told her, I said, tomorrow morning, come and see me at home. She came, I gave her the key. Now, talking about faith, I didn't have a replacement car. I walked the children to school for three weeks because there was no car. I walked them to school. I just came back. The car was gone. I just told the kids because my wife was doing night shift at that time. So by the time she she would come back like nine, nine something, the kids should have been at school. So I was walking the kids to school for three weeks before we found a replacement. And one of those walk home after school one day, the Holy Spirit said to me, uh, he called me by my name, he said, car will no longer be your need. It will no longer be a need for you. In other words, if you're talking about car, you will have what you like. But I worked for three weeks. Not that I had five cars, I gave one. I started walking the kids to school. Faith. Receive the grace of impartation of faith this morning in the name of Jesus. Grace to let go. Before I go this morning, now listen, this is two-stream two conference. It's also an altar of sacrifice. Some of you are ready right now. Some of you will wait till tomorrow. I could have waited till tomorrow entirely. It's going to be Pastor Mario, please. You also receive this tomorrow. But if you are here this morning, you want to give your special sacrifice that we move the Lord, that you know God will receive this and it will change things in my life. I want to step forward with those things. I want to pray for you. Anybody this morning? Anybody this morning? This morning, you are ready to give sacrificially to the two-stream conference. Your annual sacrificial giving. Step forward. 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 Step forward, step forward, step forward, step forward. Glory be to God's name. Move forward, step forward. Step forward. Please, immediately after the service, or uh, when you get back to your seat, please begin to redeem it. What you plan to do will not move God. It is what you have done. Abraham put a knife on the son's neck. Then God said, this boy, this guy is serious. So step forward and stretch forth your hands. Stretch forth your hands. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I decree an immediate turnaround in the lives of your people financially. Just the moment they let go of this seed, let heavens become open over them. In their businesses, in their finances, on their jobs, in their ministry, I decree the gate of heaven shall be opened unto you in the name of Jesus. The window shall pour out you a blessing that you will have no room to contain it. So shall it be in Jesus' precious name. Let me tell you something, people of God. Please, give all this in the next five minutes. In the next five minutes, what you plan to do does not commit God. I'm telling you the truth. It is what you have done. Because the moment you take this step forward, Satan is also waiting to make sure you don't do it. You could live here now and just saw a flyers. The mall is doing some sales. And it tempts you away from giving. But I know that in the precious name of Jesus, as you give sacrificially this year, 
next year, this time next year, you'll be running after all these places. You'll be running after me to tell to want to share your testimony in the name of Jesus. I prophesy increase and abundance. More than I have seen, the Lord will do for you in the name of Jesus. Your stories will change in Jesus' mighty name. People of God, listen, I don't care where you are right now. I told you yesterday, we to pay rent was three weeks work. There was a time in 2000, we needed milk. My second daughter drinks milk, drank milk like anything growing up. There was a 99 cent fresh milk. We didn't have 99 cent. We had 40 cents. So we had to wait two days. And because we know we're going to be blessed, we didn't ask people. We didn't beg. We waited. Is somebody hearing me? If you fill this building with people today, now everybody wants milk. I won't have to pray for it. Glory be to God's name. I pronounce you blessed in the name of Jesus. You are coming back next year with testimony of abundance. Your story, your case will change in the name of Jesus. I release the life of God over your jobs, over your business, over your ministry, over your career in Jesus' mighty name. Go and prosper in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus.